Hey guys, and welcome to the Drop Off, a podcast between father and son about life, sports, and everything in between. Today is Tuesday, December 6th, and we are like right in the middle of the MLB offseason. And in the past few days, a ton of like big contracts have came in, so do you, do you want to just talk about them today? Okay, so the first one that happened was, sadly, Justin Verlander... Astros, great pitcher, left to play for, was it the New York Mets? Okay, so basically he left to play for the New York Mets on a two-year deal worth $86 million. What do you think of that? Wow, I mean, that's a lot of money. And I think what it shows is the Mets are putting all their chips in. They're going all in in these next two years, right? And so um, the Mets were a really good team last year. Uh, They're kind of one of the feel-good stories, and they want that to continue. And so, I mean, the the hard part about it is they're in what might possibly be the strongest division in the entire MLB, right? I mean, the AL East for a long time has been that division, right, with the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Rays, uh, the Blue Jays, who are pretty good every once in a while. But now you have these three teams, the Philadelphia Phillies, the reigning NL champs, the Atlanta Braves, the World Series champs from just two years ago, and now the New York Mets. And all of them are set up, not just for now, and into the future. And so Justin Verlander, reigning Cy Young winner, uh, up and down postseason, but he finally got he got a chip, another chip, uh, won a World Series with the Astros. And I would say he was never like, you know, he's not like Jose Altuve, right, Mr. Astros. He came in later in his career, he did his job, and now he's just going to the Mets who are paying him $40 million a year. You can't fault him for that. He's going to New York where he's going to feel the pressure. Uh, do you know why or who left New York, that Verlander's going to fill that hole? Yeah, I was just going to talk about that. So, basically, Texas and New York swap pitchers. I mean, the Astros didn't get a pitcher back, but Jacob deGrom went, left the New York Mets and went to play for the Texas Rangers, who I thought were like a tanking team, basically, even though there isn't really tanking in baseball. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really follow baseball closely enough to know either about kind of where the Rangers are in terms of how good they are. But I agree. It, to me, it's a kind of a head-scratching move. Uh, not the fact that you're getting DeGrom, um, because he, obviously, when he's healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in the major leagues. And probably if he had been healthy the whole entire year, the way that he was pitching, he could have won the Cy Young Award. He just didn't pitch enough to qualify. But, yeah, the Rangers, I don't know. They're just trying to make a big, splashy move. I'm not sure if they have an actual plan to win. Uh, but baseball, it's really hard just to, you know, I feel like that's a move that kind of puts you over the top. That's a move you make if you're a contender and you're in need of another pitcher at the top of your rotation. But if you're a middling team, uh, I don't know what having Jacob DeGrom for five years does for you if you don't have the support around him. What do you think of that move? I mean, I think Jacob DeGrom's a really good player. Um, I just don't know where the Texas Rangers are at because I think like the last off, like this off season, this trade deadline, they're like they're basically a fire sale. They like traded Joey Gallo to the um, Yankees, and I just I just didn't think they were like a contending team. I think what I also don't understand is like pitchers' health. To me, that's like one of the most confusing things. In the like, Justin Van Verlander got Tommy John surgery at like 38, 39 years old, comes back, and is as good as he ever was. But other guys, they get Tommy John surgery and like they're just done, especially at that age. Um, and you see these giant contracts being given out to quite old pitchers, like who are nearly forty years old. Uh, question: Is Jacob Degrom a Hall of Fame pitcher? I don't know. Isn't he kind of young? 
Or how old is he? He's pretty. He's pretty old too. I think he's on like he's like thirty five maybe. I mean, the the problem with him is he just hasn't had that longevity that a lot of Hall of Fame pitchers had. But you could argue that his peak has been good as just about anybody else, right? He's had like a five seven year peak. Um, I don't know because he's been he's been really good, but the Mets haven't really had any like postseason success or anything. So I don't know if that can if that will translate as well to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think definitely postseason success will help if you have like those iconic World Series um, games. But you know, there's a lot of great pitchers, Justin Verlander included, Clayton Kershaw, guys like that who haven't had the same kind of postseason success that they've had in the regular season. But they're shoe in first ballot Hall of Famers just because of their sustained success in the regular season and how dominant they have been for such a long time. Um, so yeah. Jacob DeGrom's leaving the Mets. Justin Verlander's going to the Mets, joining Max Serger. Serger on hopefully uh, the Mets are hoping that that one-two combo will take them deep into the playoffs this upcoming season. Any other big moves that we should be talking about? I think it might be the biggest um, move of the entire offseason. The reigning NL champs got Trey Turner, the speedy shortstop, for 11 years, $300 million. Okay, I guess that's kind of a big deal, but really, is it a bigger deal than where Aaron Judge is going? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think anybody in the um, coming into the offseason was saying, hey, the biggest question mark right now is what's happening with Trey Turner. Obviously, he's one of the, For sure, he's one of the biggest gets, um, and that's a huge get for the Phillies. Yeah. But I would say the biggest fish of all is the big man himself, the reigning AL MVP, Aaron Judge, home run king. Well, people were saying um, Trey Turner's one of the most valuable um, assets for like a speedy, like a athletic shortstop because of the way they changed the shift rules. Yeah, that could be the case. But man, these contracts in baseball are so long—eleven years. That's just crazy. Uh, the fact that you're paying this guy, who's as you said, one of the fastest guys in the uh, major leagues, athletic shortstop. But we all know that athleticism wanes over time, and so the question will be. How long will this be a positive value contract? 11 years. Man, that's just a long time. But it's feel-good times in Philadelphia, right? They want to keep this going. Uh, They're reuniting Turner and Harper, uh, former teammates on the Washington Nationals. And so hopefully, who was their their shortstop before? Like, is this a huge upgrade for them? I, I don't even know. Their shortstop was definitely, I think, their worst hitter on the team and stuff. Okay, see, to me, that's what's really important. To go from a bad shortstop to one of the best in the game makes a huge difference as opposed to just doing, like, a minor upgrade. And so that might have been what the Phillies were thinking. They might have been thinking, you know what? We have a chance to upgrade one of the most important positions and get one of the best players in the MLB. Like, we got we to gotta fork out that money. We got to pay that $30 million a year for 11 years. And so now they got their core moving forward, and we're just going to see if they can continue uh, – their success from the second half of last season. Where do you think Aaron Judge is going to go? Um, I really don't know where Aaron Judge is going to go. Well, just so you know, that they were like switching out shortstops. They didn't have like a full-time shortstop. There were like three shortstops that played. So, I don't know. I think Aaron Judge, I have a feeling the Mets might try and splash for Aaron Judge. Just like the way they've been doing the offseason, getting Verlander, I think that they're going all in and going to try to get for Jer- Aaron Judge. Wow. I just can't see that. I cannot see him not going back to the Yankees. 
I mean, he just strikes me as that kind of player, and I don't think he's he's not he he's immune to the pressure, right? He's not one of those guys who can't thrive in New York, and that's shown. Like, if he is healthy, Aaron Judge is the most dominant offensive force in the game, right? He completely changes that lineup. You got to pitch around him. You got to think about where he is, where he's coming up. And so I don't I don't see how the Yankees let him go. It's not like the Yankees don't have the money, right? And so the just the question is how much money. Uh, the possibility is the Mets. I've heard other teams like uh, the Giants. If you can even believe it, the Dodgers have been <laughs> have been rumored. Uh, but really, I want to see him go back to the Yankees. I want to see the 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 MLB is better when the Yankees are good. I'll just say that because everyone wants to hate on the Yankees, and it's so much more fun to hate on a good Yankees team that is actually successful. But your team has a chance of beating them, right? And so I'm predicting he goes to the Yankees. Uh, and is there anybody else who's a high-profile free agent? Not that I know of. Um, basically, like one is, I guess Anthony Rizzo resigned. That's about it, I think. All right. Well, as you can see, we know very little about baseball. But let's shift gears a little bit. The big news coming out of college football is the college football playoffs have been set. What uh, can you tell everybody who the four teams are, uh, what the matchups are, and how you feel about uh, the decisions that the committee made? So, wait, was Ohio State the three or two four seed? Okay. So, the standings were Michigan State and TCU. Michigan and TCU are the three and two seed, three, two three game, and are playing in, I forget which bowl game it is, and then Georgia, Georgia Ohio State are in the other semifinal one four, and they're playing at the Peach Bowl. Um, I don't think this was the right decision. I mean, if you want to put TCU in, I still think Ohio State should be over them. So I think Ohio State should have been three and TCU should have been two, and. Oh, TCU should have been four. And I really think that Alabama should have made it over TCU. I agree. Um, again, this has to do with, obviously, you know, the college football playoff committee, they're taking this very seriously. They're looking at all the games, the entire body of work. And TCU actually in the rankings, like if you look at all the, I don't know, they have all these different metrics, SP plus or whatever. Like they're a solid team. They're a quality team. Um, but again, I agree. I think a two loss, because the way that Alabama, okay, who Alabama lost to and that the way they lost I think shows that they are if one of the best, if not uh, at least should be in consideration for the top four teams in the league. They lost on the last play in two games. They lost to Tennessee, who was really good at that time, or with Hendon Hooker as their quarterback, to a knuckleball field goal that cleared the goalpost by about five inches. And then they lost to LSU off of a two-point conversion in overtime. So... I think that they definitely should have made it, but it is the committee's decision, not mine. Do you want to talk about the Heisman? Well, I have a little. I mean, you're done with the college football playoffs. Okay, so what are your predictions then? Georgia wins. Michigan wins. Georgia beats Michigan. Georgia back to backs. You're picking Michigan, even though their star running back is out. Uh. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Blake Corm is out. So, yeah, TCU is going to beat Michigan by one touchdown in overtime, and TCU is going to get killed. Man, crazy. 
if TCU is in the college football playoff final, that is just that's insane to me. But go Horn Frogs! I think if TCU's in it, I'll be cheering for the Horn Frogs. I know a few people went to TCU, and since we live in Austin, there's going to be a lot of TCU grads, TCU fans. Um, those Horn Frogs, black and purple, are going to be going electric. Which really, I mean, props to Sunny Dykes for really taking that program to the next level. Um, and really, I, I think that's just so disappointing for Texas fans who. You know, like 15, 20 years ago, they couldn't imagine TCU having more sustained success than them. And that's just kind of where we are right now. But you said you want to talk about Heisman a little bit. Yeah. Um, in my mind this year, okay, I guess you can tell everybody who the Heisman candidates are. So the Heisman candidates are Caleb Williams, Stetson Bennett, Max Duggan, and this last one, the C.J. Stroud. One more thing is, I think Xavier Worthy might enter the portal, transfer portal. Wait, what? Why? Where'd you hear that? That's what Mason told me. Man, if he does, that would be a huge blow. And what is that? Does that mean he just doesn't think that yours is is the guy, is is him? Man, that would be, okay, let's follow that for sure. Um, but now that we're at school, quick thoughts on Heisman, who you think, the, uh, the who's the favorite, who should be the favorite, and who who do you think should win? Right now, it says the favorite is Caleb. Sh- Ka- no, Caleb Williams, cause just cause he did it in the new team. But I think I think Stetson Bennett has a chance. I really like Stetson Bennett. I mean, that would be a huge. That's like just the feel good story, you know. Ben- Bennett, the backup, the the third string, comes in, scrappy, plucky guy who leads his team to the national championship. And comes back even better in the offseason, does it again and says, who's the man? That would be a great story. All right, Nathaniel, great talking with you this morning. Hope you have a great day. Love you, buddy.